Judges chapter 2. I want to show you a principle that's right here in the book of Judges. Just a principle. We're going to talk about it. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. And I'm going to talk about sowing good seeds today. Okay? It's the principle of sowing and reaping. Judges chapter 2, verse 1. Then the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I led you up from Egypt and brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. God's, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. And you shall tear down their altars. But you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Therefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be thorns in your side, and their gods shall be a snare to you. So it was when the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voices and wept. What's happening here is the children of Israel have come into the promised land. The book of Judges, they come into the promised land. And God gave them victory after victory after victory under the hand of Joshua. But now they're coming out of the reign of Joshua and they're coming into the time of the Judges. And the nation has not been faithful to the Lord. The Lord said, if you just be faithful to me, I'll drive out all these inhabitants before you. I will never break covenant with you. I'll always remain faithful to you. But then when they get to the second chapter of Joshua, he says, you know what? You haven't been faithful to me. And so now I'm not going to drive out these inhabitants from before you, but instead they're going to be thorns in your side and their gods will be a snare to you. So what's happening is the people of Israel are getting ready to reap what they've sown. Now, Obviously, God comes and sends deliverers their way in the book of Judges, and they go up, and they recover for a while, then they backslide, and then they get taken into captivity. God has to raise up a deliverer, and it's this cycle all throughout the book of Judges. But God's, there's a principle at work here. That is God saying, you're getting ready to reap all that you've sown. And because you wouldn't obey me, you get the bad side of it. Do You know, today is the father of tomorrow. Today is the father of tomorrow. What we are today is a result of our actions and our thoughts of what we've done in the past. And what we are doing today will be who we are tomorrow or what we're paving the way for tomorrow. We always sow. Every farmer knows this. You can't reap unless you sow something. And when we sow, we sow more. We reap more than we sow and we also reap later than we sow. We reap more than we sow, and we also reap later than we sow. One of my heroes of the faith is Oral Roberts. He was a Pentecostal holiness pastor like I am. And he was pastoring a church in northwest Oklahoma years and years ago, an IPHC church. And they were paying him, he said, $55 a week. And he said that, they had started pastoring this church, and they had no parsonage for them to live in, and they had no house, so he moved his wife Evelyn and their children into a home with a church member and their family. And he said it was tight quarters, and uh, eventually his wife looked at him and said, I'm going home to stay with my mom and dad until you find us a place to live. So he said that put the fire under me, and I got in gear, and I started uh, believing that we could build a parsonage out of this church that my family could stay in. 
So he said, on Sunday, I came and I took an offering for the parsonage to be built. And he said, I was bold and I gave my entire salary in the offering, $55. And he said he was all excited about it and came and told his wife later, said, listen, we're going to build this parsonage and I gave all of my salary away this week. And she's like, you did what? We have no food for this week. So he said, I was like, oh no. So he started praying and in the early morning hours, 4 a.m., a knock came to the door and it was a farmer. He said it was the largest wheat farmer in northwest Oklahoma. And he said, Brother Roberts, I haven't been able to sleep all night. And I have to give you this. And he handed him four $100 bills. Now, at that time, he said, I'd never seen a $100 bill. But he handed me four $100 bills. And he said, I'm a farmer. And I'm planting this in good soil because I need a harvest in my personal life. And Oral said, I never looked at finances like that, but I understood it worked like seed and it brings a return. And so if you've ever heard seed faith taught or somebody saying those words, it probably came from the teaching of Oral Roberts one way or the other. Some have criticized it, but I'm going to show you a Bible principle here. You're going to reap what you sow. Amen. We sow many things. Uh, we sow thoughts. Our thoughts become stuff we sow, and if we meditate on the wrong things, we'll reap the wrong harvest. Meditate on the right things, we'll reap a good harvest. You know what Ralph Waldo Emerson said, sow a thought, and you reap an action. Sow an act, and you reap a habit. Sow a habit, and you reap a character, and sow a character, and you reap a destiny. Sowing and reaping. We also sow words. Our words become seeds. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So we can sow love with our words, we can sow encouragement with our words, or we can tear people down and sow hatred and bitterness and division with our words. Our actions are seeds. How we act toward people, our money becomes seeds. What do we invest it in? What do we sow into? What do we spend our money on? Our time becomes seeds. How do we spend our time? Who do we spend our time with? I realize in my life that the mentors I've had in my life and the time I spent with them brought great dividends and great harvest into my life. And as I looked over my life, I realized I'd spent most of my life with missionary evangelist kind of guys. And so no wonder I am like I am because I spent that time under them and working with them. Hallelujah. So when you sow time, it really means something. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said, I've tried to keep many things in my hands and I've lost them all. But what I've given into God's hands, I still possess. There's a principle of sowing and living a generous life. Christians should be generous people. Why? Because we serve a generous God. Christians should be giving people because we serve a God who gave it all for us. We should live with a liberal heart. Liberal meaning overflowing, open, willing to help other people. We should live with a liberal heart. And then when we do that, we're going to reap. And what will we reap? All kinds of good things. When we sow the right stuff, we'll reap the right stuff. We'll, we'll reap a closer walk with God. Better health. 
if you sow into your body, you know, it's 12 o'clock, can I be raw? Just sow McDonald's french fries into your body. And God bless McDonald's. I don't, why am I saying this? So, uh, so sugar, refined sugar into your body all the time. And eventually you will reap a harvest from that. So good food into your body all the time. And your body will reap a harvest from that. Amen? Somebody shout hallelujah. You sow the right things financially, you'll be blessed. You sow the right things, raises, promotions, increase comes into your life. You sow the right things in relationships, you get better relationships with people. You sow the right things in your work environment, doors of opportunity will open for you. You sow into the scripture, give time like you're doing this morning, you're going to get a greater understanding of scripture. It's going to open up. And Brother Robert said this, he said, when I started sowing, I stopped looking for a return from the place I was sowing into. I realized God was my source. Nobody else was my source. And he said, I started noticing that God would sow back or, or give me harvest back that was different sometimes than I'd sowed. And, and I would always look for like, if I give money, get money back, but it didn't always work like that. But he said, what I noticed he would open up to me was insights concepts and ideas that when I would sow, God would open up revelation and understanding direction of how I needed to go in life. Amen. Hallelujah. One of our dear friends, uh, in this church came down with COVID in March of 2020. I'm talking the week after COVID came on the scene and the nation shut down. He came down with COVID. This, this is Doug Eccles. And I was with him on the 13th of March for my daughter's wedding. They go back home. He gets COVID. We get a call. Lori says Doug is, uh, he passed out in the shower, broke stuff. He couldn't, he's scaring me. He's not responding. And so would you guys pray? So we started praying like fire. And I, we heard nothing. It really kind of flipped me out because he had it so bad that he was, you know, not looking good. So the ambulance came for him, and he said, Lord, if I die, I'm not dying in the ambulance. I'll die here with you. I'm not going to the hospital. He didn't possibly save his life. And he said, now I'm going to sow the biggest seed I've ever sown. I'm going to sow. Who thinks of that? Somebody who's been practicing sowing and reaping their entire life. And he said he sowed maybe the biggest seed he'd ever sown in his life, and God brought him out of it. Maybe I'll never heard anything like that, but that's, that's the power of sowing and reaping. Amen? You can sow sometimes, and God brings it in different ways than, than, than you imagine. Let me give you three things this morning about, three facts about sowing. And here they go. They're really simple. First of all, sowing involves letting go. Come on, let's all say let go. <laughs> it involves letting go. The Bible says in Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall be given and put, rather, into your bosom, for at the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. So the way to have it coming back 
is to start this cycle of sowing so you can reap. Sowing so you can reap. I was talking to uh, Jonathan this morning. He's a seed farmer. And I said, talk to me about the seed, man, because I studied the seed this week, and I looked at like these biological diagrams of the seed and everything, and, and it looks like most of that seed is just food. But there is a sprout within that seed. And that sprout will never come out unless it is planted. Or germinated. Taking, it has to be activated. You can have seed that just sits over here and stays for years and does nothing and a waste away. But when that seed is activated with the right moisture, then the moisture causes that, that seed to open up and then when it opens up in the right soil in the right temperature it'll sprout and come out through the grass or come out through the uh, uh in my garden it was grass but it'll come out through the soil and then it'll grow up into something come on say my seed has to be planted it has to be activated i gotta let go of it I have to let go of it. It doesn't work until we let go. So if you notice Matthew chapter 14, Jesus has a crowd, the Bible says, of 5,000 men. And then there's women and children. So if we calculated all that together, there's possibly 20,000 people here. And they'd been following Jesus for several days. And finally the disciples came to Jesus and said, Hey, Lord, let them go back into the villages where they can find something to eat. And Jesus said, No. Just tell them to sit down. You feed them. And the disciples are like, what are you talking? We don't have anything. Well, there was a little boy who had his bag lunch with him. Five fish and two loaves. Jesus said, bring it to me. He took the loaves and he blessed the bread and broke it. And he told the disciples, now you go distribute it. So they blessed the gift and now it's going to be distributed. And he let go of it. And the disciples took it and they fed that entire crowd and had 12 baskets of a take-home order for each of them and their families when it was all said and done. That's letting go so God can multiply and God can do His thing. You, you, you won't be blessed until you let go. Can somebody shout amen? J.L. Kraft, he was the head of Kraft Cheese Corporation who had previously given approximately 25% of his enormous income to Christian causes for many years. He said, the only investment I ever made which has paid consistently increasing dividends is the money I've given to the Lord. J.D. Rockefeller said, I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made had I not tithed my first salary, which was $1.50 a week. So some of us believe, yeah, I could tithe and I could give and I could sow if I had wealth like that. But he began with $1.50. You begin where you are and let go of what's in your hand and God will let go of what's in His hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it works on seed, faith, seed and faith, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. So as we told the testimonies this morning, we were, we were in prayer yesterday, and we had these sheets we were working on, and we, we were going to do a treasure hunt. We were going to search for God's treasure, which are people. So we sat down, and, and we said, what do you feel the Lord's saying? And, and I, had an, I, I, I had something I saw in prayer. I said, I think we should go to this one location. 
And then Dana had something in prayer. She said, I see a certain woman. And uh, she, she described this lady. And so, okay. So we went out, went to this location, walked in the store, and saw a woman that kind of met that description. And Zach, who was working with us, he said, that's her, let's go. And I thought, oh, Lord. And then I wrestled with my own insecurities because faith will challenge your insecurities. And so we walked up, and uh, Zach had this great opening line. This is going to seem super weird. But we've just been praying, and we just wanted to pray for some people today. And God sent us here to pray for you. And this young woman said, wow. You could tell she was blown away. And she's like, I do need prayer. And we said, well, are you, are you serving the Lord right now? And she said, I'm not really. Would you like to rededicate your life to the Lord? Yes. Led her in prayer. She rededicated her life to the Lord. Amen. Tears start flowing. And Zach had a word of knowledge. He said, there's another issue in your life. Could we take care of that? She says, yes. And she starts praying out loud. Tears start flowing. Delivered. Then he says, do you have any physical problems? Been having shooting pains in her stomach. Dana laid hands on her. And while we were praying, the pain stopped. Healed. Then I felt to pull out my billfold and bless her financially. Bless financially. Not a bad day, hallelujah, for showing up and going shopping. But it took a lot of faith to let go and do that kind of thing. But when you start sowing, God starts bringing the harvest in. Hallelujah. Come on, can somebody shout hallelujah? So, so sowing is about letting go. Second thing, sowing is about time. Everyone say time. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. So when God put this whole earth into orbit, he had principles, biological principles working. One of them was seed time and harvest. He said, as long as the earth remains, this is after the flood of Noah, as long as the earth remains, this is the way it's going to be, there's going to be a cycle. You're going to sow seed, you're going to water it, it's going to come up a harvest for you, and this, this is the cycle of how things are going to roll. And, and we're using this farming analogy to speak of a spiritual principle that works in our lives as well. Amen? And one of the greatest lessons I've been trying to learn over the past few years is that God works mostly over the long haul. That God works over time. Come on, say this with me. Seed, time, and harvest. There's a time to plant seed, and then there's a longer time to wait to get it to germinate, to get it to break the soil, to get it to grow, to get it to produce fruit, to get it to harvest point. So you can sow quickly, and you can reap quickly, but the longest period of time is in that seed producing. And it's the same way in everything in our lives. If we pray for someone to be healed, if they're not healed instantaneously, we often make the mistake of saying, well, God must not want this. And we throw it off on the Lord. 
and say, well, it must not be God or he would have done it just instantaneously. Instead of saying, no, I've prayed. Now I'm going to continue to walk in faith. I'm going to continue to believe that God wants me healed. I'm going to continue to confess his word over my life and I'm going to see it play out over the long haul. Many of the great faith healers we have in the nation will tell you that most miracles come over the long term. This morning, one of our sisters was in church this morning who had been diagnosed. She had an MRI done back in the summer months, and she had some sort of a lesion on her brain, they, they found, and also some sort of uh, blood uh, problem. Well, she went back, and the blood problem was now scattered and barely there, and they found no lesion on her brain. That was about a, that was about a five, four or five, six-month process. But I remember praying for her back in July, believing God to dissolve whatever needed to dissolve and to move. I'm about to shout right now. Hallelujah. But so we did, don't give up. We keep believing and keep praying and keep pushing in, keep sowing, keep watering that seed. You know, something. sometimes we, we sow when we don't get the harvest we expect because we're not watering the seed properly. And how do we water the seed? But by walking in faith and keep believing the promises and declaring God's Word over that seed we planted. I've boldly come before the Lord before and said, Lord, I'm a tither. I've been tithing faithfully for many, many years. Lord, I sow above the tithe. Lord, I bless missionaries. Now, God, I need some help right now in Jesus' name because I've got some seed in the ground and I need some harvest and I don't think there's one thing wrong with coming before the Lord and asking to open, for Him to open up the storehouse of heaven. Can somebody shout amen? amen. Time. Shout it out. Time matters. Albert Einstein said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it. Compound interest is a wild thing. You get it right, you can make a lot of money. You get it wrong, you can pay a lot of money. Think of, think of how we improve our lives, what we sow into our lives. Education is one of these things that over time, maybe you, if you get the right education, you get the right degree, it might, it might not make you a lot of money at first. It might not open up amazing doors at first. But sometimes, over the long haul, it really pays off. I had a friend in my church in D.C. who was a lieutenant colonel at the Pentagon in the Army, and I asked him, I said, does it really matter if one graduates from West Point or not? He's like, well, he said, I think when it comes to the general level, it matters. In other words, once you get promoted to the rank of general, it's a lot of those West Point guys getting that. That's where going through that paid off in the long run. Amen? Working out might not bring immediate results, though it does bring some results immediately. But how about when you get older and you're able to get around and handle your grandkids? You're able to get out and be active because you've been active your whole life. And I'm preaching some people under conviction right as I'm talking. I feel the cold waves coming. But it's, so, it's sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. If you're in a marriage and you're sowing negative words to your spouse all the time. Why isn't this right? Why isn't that right? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And it's just nag, 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 nag. You're sowing 
and you're going to reap an ice-cold relationship. You're going to reap a horrific marriage. But if you sow love, if you put the weapons down, if you sow your service, you realize that God gave you that spouse so you could serve her or him. And as one man said, it's God's great discipleship environment where you die daily and you serve somebody else. And when you do that, you're sowing and you're pouring in. And when you sow and pour in, you're going to have a smoking hot marriage. Somebody shout, preach it, my brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time. So sowing is about letting go, and sowing is about time. Now let's get to the final thing. Sowing is about abundant multiplication. Say it with me. Abundant multiplication. Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap, reap corruption. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap it if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. What Paul is talking about are actions here. And actions, works of the flesh, works of the Spirit. And he's saying if you do the right things, walk in the Spirit, and sow according to the Spirit, you're going to reap great things and great benefits in your life. But if you're sowing to the flesh, obeying the lust of the flesh, and doing, living that kind of life, you're going to reap that kind of results. Amen? You're going to reap a negative result. But it's still the principle of sowing and reaping. And when you start reaping, it often comes back in abundance. It often comes back in abundance. Because when you sow one seed and you get a harvest, you get many seeds in return. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching so good. One sunflower seed planted can possibly give you back one to 2,000 sunflower seeds. One mustard seed planted can possibly give you back up to 1,200 mustard seeds. One apple seed planted in the ground, properly nurtured, can grow up into an apple tree it might take four, five plus years before it produces fruit, but when it starts producing fruit, it will produce on an average 300 apples in a growing season, which will yield about 1,500 seeds per season. And these 1,500 seeds will then potentially produce 450,000 apples and another 2.25 million seeds. Because God designed things to work like that. The principle of sowing and reaping and multiplication. So when you're doing good for other people and you're sowing good seed, you may not see an immediate result, but heaven sees it. 
God knows it's happening, and the principle then gets to working, and you're going to reap some beautiful benefits. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, but I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. For God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, having all sufficiency in all things, might have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Here Paul is talking about supporting ministry. And he's saying God is the one who gives you seed to sow. And when you get the seed, you sow the seed, and then God is able to have all things come back in an abundance so that you can have all sufficiency in all things. But if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. So if you plant one mustard, uh, one tomato plant, you're going to get one tomato plant. Maybe. But if you go out and plant a garden full of tomato plants, you're going to have a tomato harvest that's going to be crazy. Amen? If you're stingy with the Lord and you only give him pittance, only give him a little, don't obey when he says to sow, and just give him only, you know, a hoarder's portion, then you're going to reap that. But if you start sowing bountifully, you're going to open up and crack open the windows of heaven. And God's going to start pouring out on you abundantly. Come on, somebody. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. We can never outgive God because we sow and He brings it back with an abundant harvest. There's an abundant level of multiplication that He brings back into our lives. And God can do crazy stuff like cancel debts, pay off bills, pay off houses, open up doors of opportunity, give you raises and bonuses. God can do some crazy stuff. He can give you contracts you didn't anticipate. He can give you a car for free. He can give you a steal of a deal. Hallelujah. I mean, God can do things that you can't calculate because when he brings it back, he brings it back with abundant multiplication. Oh, hallelujah. So therefore, he said, we should be cheerful givers. We shouldn't give out of compulsion or out of necessity when somebody is trying to hammer you about giving and you're guilted into giving. That's not good. That's why we don't do that here. I just want to teach the principles of giving and you obey the Lord and you're going to find how good God is and then when it comes offering time, you're not going to be like, oh, gee. You're going to be like, woo! It's time to give and I know this is when I plant seed so I can reap a harvest and I'm going to be a cheerful giver. The term in Greek is hilaros where we get the word hilarious. I'm going to be a happy, laughing, dancing, giving machine. Because I know that's where my harvest is going to come from, what I've sowed into. Can somebody shout amen? amen? 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me give you a few other things and we're going to pray. You can never outgive God. I was, in a, I was in a business meeting the other day in missions, world missions, and I sat next to a man who's probably invested 40 years of his life in missions. And this guy knows, he's the statistics guy, so he knows all the statistics of the missionaries and the giving of the churches and the offerings we give and all that kind of stuff. And he looked at me and he said, Brother Hans, I have statistical proof, files in my cabinet that prove when a church starts getting behind missions and giving, God blesses that church. It just happened. I, I'm a, I've been pastoring for 27 years. I've got 27 years of watching people start to give. And when they started to give, God started blessing their socks off. And many of them have come and said, I didn't think we could give anything. I thought there's no way we can do this. There's no way it can fit into our budget. But we did it anyhow. And when they did it anyhow, they let go of what was in their hand. God started blessing and opening up stuff that was in his hand. And then amazing things started happening. Hallelujah. Malachi 3 verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now. Or prove me in this, says the Lord, if I will not. You sow, you watch me come with an abundant multiplication. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. That there will not be room enough to to receive, that there will not, I'm looking for that day, hallelujah, that there will not be room enough to receive. Somebody shout hallelujah. When we give, it might take time. There's a seed time and harvest, but God's coming back with an abundant multiplication, and you're going to be able to testify to the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. The generous soul shall be made fat. The generous soul shall be made fat. Honor the Lord, Proverbs 3, with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Psalm 116. What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits to me? This is a rhetorical question. When he's really saying, how can I repay him for all of his bountiful blessings to me? The answer is, I can never repay him because he always outgives me. Hallelujah. I'm about ready to run around the parking lot and just shout all by myself. I'm telling you. God is good. God is good. God is good. You know, when we go to a meeting, we think about what are we going to give? We went to a camp meeting. What are we going to sow this week? Because we're excited about sowing something. If it's a little or if it's a lot, whatever, whatever we got, we go, we're going to determine what we're going to sow. Because when I start sowing, I tithe. But when I start sowing above that, I know I'm, I'm tapping into that storehouse measure of things. Hallelujah. And we're going to see some crazy, um, abundant blessings on our lives. I could tell you stories of what we've done as a church here, how we've sowed, we've given to missions, we've been blessed, and we are sitting here today in Jesus' name, debt-free, four or five million dollars worth of property. We got 
more blessed than we've ever been financially right now. Hallelujah. We've been diligent and good stewards of the money, but we've also been tithers and we've been givers and we've been sowing in the ministries and blessing the men and women of God and blessing the poor and going out and blessing world missions. And I'm telling you what, I know heaven is behind us. Hallelujah. I know heaven is behind us. Come on, somebody shout amen. Come on, if you're a tither in here, you ought to shout real loud right now. Hallelujah. If you're somebody that sows, you ought to shout real loud right now. You say, yeah, but it doesn't feel like the season to sow. Bible says Isaac went out and sowed in a famine, and the Lord blessed him. Hallelujah. He said when it doesn't look like a time to sow, the sower will still go out he, with, with, with trepidation in his heart, tears in his eyes and he'll cast seed. Why? Because he will come back with sheaves in his hand. Why? Because weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's a harvest coming to the sowers. Hallelujah. You may have to walk through a period or so you don't understand, but if you've been faithful and you've been sowing the right things, you're going to walk into a, a, an area, a season of blessing that God's going to bless your socks off and you're going to stand up and say, yeah, I came through it all, hallelujah, and I'm standing here today because my God is Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah, he makes a way where there is no way. Somebody give him a shout, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Woo. God has a super cool way of just coming around with all things. I have a friend, Doyle Dykes. He's been here several times. He's one of the greatest guitar players on planet Earth. And he came here the last time he was here, and he played his whole set, and then he picked up an old 1940s, I think, Martin acoustic guitar. And we all got emotional. I was crying. And you could feel it in the whole room, and he told the story. He said, I was pastoring in uh, Florida and our church needed a real breakthrough and he said so Lord I gotta sow something and he said what can I sow and what's the greatest thing I have to sow and he said it was this Martin guitar so he gave it to Roy Clark <laughs> he gave it to Roy Clark God bless Doyle God went on and gave him so many guitars I played one of his guitars up here. It was a handmade Olsen. It's $20,000. God bless the man. But when Roy died, they had his funeral at Ramah. And his family called Doyle and said, Hey, Dad has a guitar here we think belongs to you. Could you come get it? Doyle said, I was in Texas and said, I'm getting in a car right now. <laughs> he went and got that thing, took it down to Nashville, to Gruen's Guitars, and had them work on it and came back, and he played an old song that his dad used to sing. And it wrecked me. Why? Because God has a way of blessing you when you sow the best. He has a way, and then he brings some stuff back in your life you never thought you'd see again. Somebody shout amen. amen. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, get that stingy spirit out of your, out of your life. Get that religious spirit out of your life. 
Get, get the limitations. Take the limitations off your life right now. Get the limitations off. Turn CNN and Fox off and turn on the Word of God. Hallelujah. Come on, get, get in another realm of believing that God can provide supernaturally. He's going to make a way where He guides, He provides, who He calls, He, he equips. He's going to make a way even where there seems to be no way. He's going to do it. Elizabeth City is coming out in the name of Jesus. I declare prosperity over this city. I declare refurbishing of this city, businesses to come into this city, the whole elevation to lift to this city, poverty be eliminated in this city. Why not? We sit in the driver's seat. We are the intercessors. We are the ones called to the, the job of intercession. And we say, Lord, we pray blessings on this city. Come on, stand with me. Lord, we pray blessings on our, on our neighborhoods. We pray financial prosperity on the churches preaching the gospel here, Lord. We thank you for breakthrough Open up the windows of heaven. I, I just pray every debt canceled on the people's lives in this church. I pray houses paid off and cars paid off and student loans paid off and blessings coming. The open doors of heaven coming. Come on, somebody give him a praise. Hallelujah. Believe for uh, opportunities and raises and financial blessings and uh, meetings with folks you never thought you would meet with. Hallelujah. Documents being signed and contracts contracts coming and land coming in the name of Jesus. Come on, hallelujah. Take the limitations off your God. He created everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. The gold in the hills are his. The cattle are his. Everything, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Come on, somebody give him a shout. Come on, give him a shout if you believe it. Come on, give him a shout, hallelujah. He said, if you diligently obey my word, I will bless you going in, coming in, and I will bless you going out. I'll bless you at home, and I'll bless you in the workplace. I'll bless your kids and your children's children. I will bless you. I'll heal your body, keep you in health, and I will bless you in the name of Jesus. I want to diligently hearken to the word of the Lord, and I want to keep in that blessing camp. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, if you need a job, raise your hand. We're going to pray for you right now. Come on, hand, hand, hand. Come on, others, hand, hand, hand. Come on, look around and just stretch your hand toward these folks. Come on, stretch your hand toward these folks in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, these folks have been sowing. They've been sowing heavenward. We pray right now, you, you take the bridle off. And you open the door for their blessing right now. Let them find the perfect job, great boss, great employees around them, and great environment, I pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, pull it down and shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, how many of y'all need your house paid off? I have a friend, I had a friend, he's now with the Lord, Dr. William Ward. He said, I got up and bragged, bragged to my church, said, I'm debt free in the name of Jesus. And he said, the church member came up and said, is your house paid for? He said, well, no, but it will be by the end of the year. And God did it, paid off his house. My friend Kent Christmas, he said that Lord challenged him to tithe 50% of his income one year. He said the Lord spoke to him to do it. 
He said, and he went through problems. He said they had problems, man. They about lost their home. But he said at the end of that year, his son was born prematurely in uh, California with several hundred thousand dollars of hospital bill debts, and they were all forgiven. And he said the Lord spoke to him and said, because you've been faithful in the tithe and what I commanded you, I've given you this blessing. Then he went out and a businessman asked him and Candy to lunch one day. And he told me, we went to lunch and the businessman said, could you come by my place of business afterwards? He said, sure. So they went by there, sat down at his desk and he said, how much do you owe on your home? And he told him the number, he pulled out a checkbook and wrote, a, wrote it out to pay it off in one minute. What he was about to lose, God paid off. Come on, shout it out. I can't outgive God. I can't outgive God. I'm going to obey what he says do. This is the key. This is the key. Don't, I can't tell you. I can tell you tithing is biblical and I can tell you sowing is biblical. But you have to ask the Lord what he would have you do. That's the key. You have to ask God whatever you intend in your heart. And your income is not determined by your place of business. Your income is determined by the level of your sowing and obeying what God says do in your life. Because when you obey what He says do, you open up the storehouse of heaven. And then amazing stuff starts happening. Amen? I mean amazing stuff starts happening. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I remember my father-in-law, Roy McClanahan, Jackie's daddy. He went out of mining business. He was always faithful man in giving. Always supported ministries, housed ministers, supported evangelists. And then uh, he, he went out of mining business because he just, it was just, he was at a, his wits end. He walked off the hill one day, left mining equipment, left everything on the hill. They went down and they just, we're gonna have to believe God. And he, and he called his CPA or his bookkeeper. And she says, you know what, Mr. McClanahan, we just found another bank account we didn't know you had. And there was tens of thousands of dollars in this bank account they didn't know he had. I don't know if he had it all along or God created it, but it came right in the nick of time, amen? God's supply, come on, shout it out. We can't outgive God. I, I, one more story and we're going to pray again. But I was on my way to, uh, to a conference in, in Cincinnati, Ohio. And it was years ago. I was doing a wedding at Fort Bragg. I was late to the airport at Raleigh-Durham. I got there. I missed my flight. I saw the door shut on the plane. I begged them to let me on. They wouldn't let me on. I got kind of ticked off. I sat down and they said, we'll get you the next flight. And it was maybe an hour or two or three later. Finally, I'm sitting in the little gate area and one of the, the airline employees come, comes over to me personally and says, Mr. Hess? I said, yes. They said, your plane is ready. I said, okay. I walk up to the gate, walk down the jet bridge and I'm the only man. I'm the only person. I get on a full-blown jet airliner and the steward meets me and he says, uh, Mr. Hess, sit, sit anywhere you want to. I sat in the first seat. He said, you, you want anything? I said, I'd love coffee. He said, I'll put on a pot of coffee for you. The airline pilot comes across the, air, the, the thing and he says, ladies and gentlemen, or I should just say, sir. 
And I, they flew me all the way to Cincinnati that night, and I was the only, I was the only passenger. I don't know if it's just a flight they had to make up. I don't know if it was just they had to shuttle that plane back. But I came back and told Miss Ruby, my mother-in-law, I said, this is what happened to me. She said, Lord, honey, God sent the angels after you, Hans. God created that plane. <laughs> so I like to live on the believing side that if God wants to send a plane just for me, he can send a plane just for me because the business I'm taking care of is important to him. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout amen. Come on, say we're on the winning side. In the name of, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, he is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin, and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracles, signs, and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.